This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Something like that. I think it's episode 105. Um, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our YouTube channel because we do have all the episodes up there. I want you guys to check us out on the Waypoint Collective. We are now a Waypoint podcast. This is the Connected by Water podcast, powered by Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Deep Ram and fueled by our good friends at Papa's Pilar Rum. Um, and I do want to say... Um, to uh really really check us out on the on those platforms we're not going to do the live full episodes um anymore because quite frankly we want to bring you the best high quality content through our youtube channel with the video aspect of it and we're going to deliver our best product to you all right although we did enjoy doing those live episodes i think you guys are going to enjoy uh the youtube aspect uh, much more so we are recording tonight and this one will be live next monday or, or next week next week at some point yeah so um and then check us out if you don't know where to check us out uh, please just go to the waypoint um, tv um, and find a waypoint collective podcast and you'll see connected by water there um you can find us on spotify you can find us on itunes um but please go over there to our youtube channel and subscribe because listen we have recorded 105 episodes here we're working real hard to bring you a quality product right carlene's working real hard over there pouring drinks and coming up with funny shit to say about us and making fun of us all the time and you got to hear it and um we are bringing on look at this quality guests like andy Moyes, right and we are bringing the best and the brightest and the sleepiest because he's just been hunting in texas all week um but we really are bringing on on the top level guests and, and people and, and the greatest characters of our industry so um please please um join us soon Papa's Pilar is 100% behind the show. Joey Cardi's 100% behind the show. Um, we keep bringing you great episodes week after week. So um, join us, and um, we're going to podcast. So, hey, Gengelosa says hi. So, all right. Um, we will see you soon. All right? We're going to get to it. All right. Peace. I had to end with peace, right? Just because I'm doing the 90 gangster thing. Peace out. Peace Word. out. Peace in the Middle East. Word to your mother. So that went on your page. Okay, we're live right now. So, Are we rolling? Are we live? Oh, we're rolling. We're live. All right, cool. So listen. Here we are once again, the Connected by Water podcast, powered by Joey Cardi, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram, and fueled by Papa's Pilar Rum. Remind you, never to be a spectator. Today we're going to try to make Papa proud. We are bringing you my good friend, the Carlene's myth, the man, friends, right? the legend. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Big game. Old man. Andy Moyes. <laughs> Old man. Right. Now I wanted to I wanted to um Andy welcome to the show once again. Thank you. Um obviously you're How long's it been anyway? 
How long has it been since what? It's been a while since I was here last time. Well, kind well, kind of. I mean, comparatively speaking, yes, because you're here all the time. But you haven't been here in a couple months. But I mean, like doing a pod- you have not, podcast. You have not podcast from our new gallery yet. Right. That's right. right. Yeah, you haven't. And, and the new Pilar Bar. Yep. Um, so joining us at our Pilar Bar is the lovely Carlene. Welcome. Hello. Gentlemen. All right. And as we always say on this show, she is the Robin to my stern. So, right. Do you, do you mind that I say that? Is it it's the, the white version? Just the white version. Yes. Right, the white version. All right. So it doesn't bother you. And I'm the short version mm-hmm. of the Howard Stern. So um, I want to bring up one thing. So, Andy, you've been on the show a lot of times, right? And we appreciate every time you come in. And I know a lot of people always comment on that. They love when you come into the show, and it's, and it's really great. Um, because you are who you are, and anytime you open your mouth, people just want to listen to what you got to say. Um, and as well they should. But I do want to kind of say um, that in on this show, we bring in guys like over and over again a lot. We'll bring in Art a lot um, mm-hmm. and Skip, and we'll bring Carl Anderson um, on a few times over, and you know George Pavromo and Paul Castronoble. And I like doing that because this is a show about community. It's not a show about just bringing one dude in, him getting to tell his story, and then one and done and see you later. It's like, no, I'm bringing my friends in, and we are explaining to people in the world or just sharing with people in the world what our community is all about. So I want to make that clear to people because someone mentioned to me, oh, why do you keep bringing in the same guy? Well, that's the reason why I keep bringing the same guys in over and over again because these are my boys and right. th- this is what we got to say. And, and this is, this is our collective. This is our connected by water group. And then this is, you know, how we want to do it. So you're free to watch other podcasts, my friend. No, I hear so, you. Right. But, um, but listen, I, it's funny you say that because I have watched some other podcasts, whether it be hunting or fishing, or whatever. And they do that a lot as well because they have a core group of people that they respect their opinions mm-hmm. and, they get along with each other and can talk about things and relate to certain things, which I think is important to bring out what somebody really wants to say. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not being drawn in. They automatically say what they're going to say. Yep. And they're not going to beat around the bush or, or make something up just to be on your show or yeah, it's reality. And that's, that's it. That's it. And, and it's just, it's just a conversation. And the cool thing is, is, you know, when you're done with one episode, you come back and you're like, you know, Oh man, you know what? Next time I'm on, I want to talk about this, or right. I want to do this, you know, because it's a lot of fun. And things know? change all the time. Yep, things There's change new all the subject time. matter all the time. Mm-hmm. Every day we go through something different. Yeah, you know. So. Yep. There's there's new things to talk about, and you know what I'd like to talk about today is some of the things that we have upcoming as Connected by Water, mm-hmm. because this is our busy season. We're always busy, but really, this is our busy season, the sailfish season, when the cold water comes down. And right. I mean, that's when things start happening around here. And being in South Florida, this is the tourism industry just kicks up another notch on you know another level. So, you know, this tends to be our more busier time of year. Right. So we got, you know, just as a studio, we got the Cove tournament coming up. And these are just tournaments that we're involved with. Uh, we got a couple of local OAPB things that we're involved with. Obviously, we got the Jimmy Johnson coming up. You got the Los Sueños Triple Crown happening. Um, and, you know, it's nice to be back in the full swing of, like, you know, sailfish season and, mm-hmm. and you know, and just catching billfish um, as a sport. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And then, um, but a few things that I want to talk about with you today is, number one, you brought a plethora of amazingly beautiful pieces of art here that some people might call fishing lures. Um <laughs> And it's, I also it's, it's working art. Yeah, it's not work. A, you you make works of art. These functional this is, art. This is functional art. Well, well that's art. what I t- that's yeah. what I always call our apparel and like our boat yeah. wraps and our graphics and everything like that. It's like we're creating usable art. That's right. You know, and, and I think that's the allure to it. Like yeah. you don't just like okay, the paintings and everything up here are nice to hang in your home or on rare occasions someone will commission one and that's the big money ticket. And it's great, but pound for pound, what we do here is art that people can enjoy and make part of their lives and use it. Correct. In, in, in a meaningful way. Another thing that I want to talk to you about today is I want to do some recaps on the bluefin mm-hmm. um, fishing because if the stars align and everything like that, I can head up there with you in September, um, and which I, it's going to happen this time around. Um, 
You should. And then, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit of it about the, some of your hunting excursions and, sure. and things like that. I just want to give people kind of a, a brief rundown on, on some of the things that we might go over today. Um, but first of all, I do want to talk about these lures. So Moy's big game. Okay. Um, so when you, we talked a little bit about it when Harris was in the studio next door and he kind of asked a really good question. I'm like, you know what? That's a good question. I'm going to bring that up again. It's like, what got you rolling in all this from the very beginning? So when I was 13, I, I started seeing these lures before I'd ever caught a blue marlin. And I always wanted to make it or figure out how did somebody make that? You know, when you're a kid, you pick something like this up and you're like, well, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Well, how did they get that inside? Yeah. You know, and I didn't know that it was a liquid that hardened over time. And my father, being a, a naval architect, engineer, machinist, said, well, we can make that, no problem. We'll make a cast, and you can cut the shape on a lathe and polish it and make whatever you want. So I started playing around with it in the garage. And to replenish my resin and materials that I was buying, I would sell these lures to some of the local tackle shops Mm -hmm. and they were just little dolphin lures and stuff like that but then things became more popular where these shops are saying well hey everyone likes your lures can you make us more and more and more and more and then it got to be um, something where guys worldwide started using them and i changed some things or they would come to me and say hey can you make this Mm -hmm. i'm a kid you know 13 to 16 years old and uh so i would just make these shapes that they wanted mm-hmm. and the next thing i know there's a guy named paul ivy running a, <clears throat> a boat in st thomas and he comes to me and he says i want 50 of of that same lure and i'm thinking why do you want because he doesn't know how to tie knots well no he he said this <laughs> this losing his lure because it was he was a lure fanatic he ran a boat called the megabyte and he said this lure for whatever reason, we get more bites on, and I just want to make sure that I have plenty of them because we lose them. Sharks in St. Thomas, reading fish, things like that. Um, and at the time, I didn't even really know who Paul Ivy was. Mm-hmm. I knew he was a guy that ran a boat. And, uh, you know, years later, I he became this guy that a lot of people looked up to because he was so over the top with things. Mm-hmm. He was always trying new things. He was a pioneer in the sport. And uh, from there, I I got away from the lures because the polyester resin was so toxic and it was making me sick. So I just, I kind of got away from it. Yeah, resin stuff. I started traveling on boats, fishing in the Bahamas and all over the world using other people's lures. And if there was something that I didn't like, the weight of it was off or something was off, you know, I would take a take a lure and I would drill a hole in the backside here and fill it with lead shot and epoxy over it so that it had a keel and would swim the way that it was supposed to swim. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the way lures were made back then is they were neutrally weighted. So the lure would look great for a minute and it would go underwater and then it would take this roll and spin. They Almost all of them did it. Anything with a slant face would do that. So to avoid that, I put that keel weight in the bottom that way, when, you're, when your lure is swimming, your hook is either up or down or however you want it, mm-hmm. you know that your hook is always going to be facing that direction because the lure now has a keel like a boat, and it's, it's weighted in the bottom. It has ballast in the bottom. So it, it has to swim this way. It may roll a little bit, but it's going to maintain that position, mm-hmm. which gave you a better hookup ratio as well. Um, and that was all we were looking for back then was our hookup ratio. So years and years and years of playing with other people's stuff and, and modifying it. Um, you know, I was running boats, working on boats and I got off of a boat and somebody said to me, why don't you start making lures again? Mm -hmm. So then I started this whole new process. So let me ask you like back in the Paul Ivy days, when Mm -hmm. he wanted 50 lures and he's like, we're some reason we're, we're catching all our fish in these lures. Are you consciously understanding why at that point yet? 
I, I didn't back then. Back then. Probably, no. It was probably like in the infancy of the entire process. But w- so it was probably more through your trial and error, like you're saying with all these things. Did, did your true development come? Now, just to give a background story mm-hmm. right, for, for those listening and those watching who might not know who you are, right? You're one of the greatest fishermen on the planet, right? And it's true. You might want to sound humble about it. You might want to answer me humble about it, but it is true, right? You got nine granders nine mm-hmm. under your belt mm-hmm. right which it, that's phenomenal right yeah. and, and and your reputation precedes itself on all other aspects of being on the water and just being a true outdoorsman altogether right so you have lived a life not only that's been connected by water but you've lived a life that's been connected by everything outdoors he's a true outdoorsman yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. um and you know one of the most well-respected um, people on the planet in, in that respect, in that regard. Um, so through your trial and error is how you kind of get, so you're taking this, you're taking other people's lures and you're doing your own through all your millions of hours of, of fishing, right? Right. I'm finding, I am taking what I like and don't like from somebody else's mm-hmm. work because that we were using other people's stuff. That's how art's done. And a, in, and a in lot of it was great. Too. It was great, but it needed for me. And it it was just to fit what I wanted. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with other people. Um, I knew what I needed. And you see guys modify things all the time to fit what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see people in, uh, in machine shops making a, a little metal... Uh, slide for their part to go down that the company that built the machine doesn't do or a race car driver or motorcycle racer or or a sniper or anything they make these little modifications to fit what they're doing Mm -hmm. and that's all i was doing is i knew that i needed my hook to face a certain direction all the time and so the lure had to have a it had to have a a keel to it it had to have direction to it Mm mm-hmm and I had to make the direction. And then years and years later, as it came to be, where we had these advanced materials and you know molding process and, and ways to make our lead weights and our keel weights you know, within a gram or two of each other, now you can control every single part of how that lure is made, mm-hmm. you know, almost to the gram. Whereas a lot of other guys that make lures, they can't do that. Right. They're sanding and polishing. And I'm not saying they don't make beautiful stuff. But if you say you have, this is my favorite lure. We caught so many fish on this lure and you lose it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to sort through 12 different lures to find one that runs the same way. Because you can go buy that and it's going to run the same way. Mm -hmm. That was my goal. And still is my goal. To uh, try to find that. There's always going to be someone that says, oh, well, it, it, you know, where I live, it's too heavy or where I live, it's too light. It's really try to find that, that happy medium for everybody mm-hmm. and go with that. Right. And that's, that's what we can do. What makes you decide to run this one one day versus this one? So everything about which lure you choose has to do with sea condition. There are lures that will run in any sea condition. There are some that will only run in flat, calm water. There are some that will run in a little bit of each. Um, You know, every shape does something different in the water. Mm -hmm. So we have to figure, well, what are we looking to accomplish? You know, are we on a flat, calm day? We want this this hard-angled tube lure to look giant and push through the water and really be our best friend. And then when it gets rough, we want you know, something with a smaller face uh, or a cup face that's going to stick in the water better. And then mm-hmm. when it gets absolutely ridiculously rough, all you're trying to do is survive. You just want your lures to stay in the water. Mm-hmm. So that's when we go with, you know, mostly all cup face lures or stuff with a really small tapered face on it. And it's an art to try to understand what those lures do. And a lot of people don't do that. They just throw it in the water and they're trolling, mm-hmm. but they're not really paying attention to what that lure should look like in the water. To me, it should look like a, a fish that's running for its life, basically. 
almost on the verge of disaster to where it's flipping and tumbling, but not. You right. know what I mean? It's it's right. pushing the most, looks the best, not stalling it's out. Like a controlled chaos. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And there are so many things you can do, you know, rigger angles, um, wave positions. You want that lure to be riding on the face of that wave if you have waves to choose from. Mm-hmm. And you can really get the full potential out of the lure where you're you're forcing that fish to make a reactive bite. You know, when he sees it, he's like, oh, man, this is a this is a tuna or this is a mackerel or something really trying to get away from me. Mm-hmm. And they've got him at the surface. And that's how predators feed. You know, he's cornered. He can't go anywhere else. He knows if he goes up, he's got to come down. So that's why Marlin and a lot of these billfish, they force their prey to the top mm-hmm. because they can't go anywhere. Right. And they know they've got it. They reach their ceiling, so literally. So if they, if they see this lure that's just like in a panic, right. uh, last resort, I, I can't go anywhere, they're just going to eat it. Right. You know, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're pulling out a prey drive in an animal. Every animal has prey drive. You know, whether it's a cheetah or a, or a hyena or anything, if a or a man or a man, let's say a let's say a gazelle stops and lays down, the cheetah's not going to know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And you see the videos of them; they don't know what to do with it because it's not running away from them. So you're trying to pull that same thing out of a fish, mm-hmm. where you're you're really forcing him to make a reaction. And if he makes that reaction, you know, most of the time he'll bite it aggressively. Whereas if it's yeah, it's kind of lazy going along. That's when you see the fish come behind it. He's curious and he wants to look, but he may not really want to try to eat it with aggression. You know, that's interesting. Yeah, that that's interesting. You bring up that whole gazelle laying down. That makes a lot of sense. You know, and it's also interesting. You talk about they want to push them to the surface because where we think that well, that's where you know our world begins and goes up that's mm. where their world ends right that, that, that's, that's their that's the upper level atmosphere that's them. exactly right yeah for sure i always am amazed at how something like this now it makes sense because of the action and everything you know how something like this could just be mistaken for a fish yeah you know but it's it's i always am like kind of not dumbfounded, but just in wonder about that entire thought process <laughs> that went into eventually saying, nah, man, this thing, yeah. this is what's going to bring it. Not like something that looks like a fake fish. Yeah. You know, and I get both fish respond to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the, Trial and error, I guess, is the key it's over, the over time. You know? in the water, yeah. you know, it's the, uh, but if it's lazy and it's not doing much, yeah, you may not get that same reaction out of the fish. Right. You know, not it's like a man and a woman. If he's lazy, he might not get that much reaction out of her. Or vice versa. You know. <laughs> <laughs> if she doesn't do the dishes and cook, you know. Oh. Like, <laughs> so are we going to we gonna, this no, gonna go good. out? You, know, you, you, you told me good. to speak. So no, please speak. <laughs> Carlene's always good for the zinger. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to kind of pause this and then re- loop back around to it, but. Um, I want to talk about the bluefin fishery okay. because I've mentioned it a few times on the show about the article that you wrote mm-hmm. in Marlin Magazine. We've talked about this, um, but I wanted to bring it to the show. Um, for a while, it shut off, right? Now, for uh, another thing, for those of you that don't know, Andy is one of, if not the authority on bluefin fishing on planet Earth. Um, so... You know, for anyone's going to write that article and give a true analysis of and opinion as to what happened, what happened, what's happening, you know what I mean, in that fishery. Um, used to be the hottest place on earth and completely shut off. There's different theories why. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's lights out again. Right. right. So my theory is that the period that when that happened, um, you have to remember guys that were fishing then had these gas engine single engine lobster boats mm-hmm. very primitive mm-hmm. if they had a bottom sounder they were lucky so they're very used to going out their little inlet and fishing a mile or two miles from the house and that was it they never had to go anywhere else right and they're fishing down by the causeway um or by the canso canal and i honestly believe that the fish never left i think they just changed their pattern mm-hmm. and they went further and when i say further they could have been 15 miles away and these guys would have never known that they were there yeah because they're those guys are 
kind of stuck in their lane every year, right? Fishing the same spots, fishing the same lanes, and That's over right. and over and over again, right? That's right. So and eventually the fish are probably going to get pressured. Yeah, and I, I don't even it. think it's that because we still see, um, we still see that bait move. It doesn't always come back to the same place every mm-hmm. year, and it could have just been as simple as that. Maybe the fish were there. Yeah, and when the guy from PEI did catch that f- first fish, right? He caught it out on the fisherman's bank, which is 15 miles from us. It's in between Prince Edward Island and the tip of Nova Scotia. So those fish could have been on those herring that whole time, and nobody really knew about it. Mm-hmm. Now, what you have to remember as well is that those guys were all trolling. So they're trolling spreader bars of squids, they're, or maybe not even that then, trolling um, daisy chains of mackerel. And maybe the fish just went on to feeding on something else and weren't weren't in that pattern anymore Mm -hmm. we still see it today this year for instance we had great fishing Mm -hmm. no one fished there because of covid and all that um and we were marking fish on the spot and i got a phone call from a friend that was three miles away He, he could see us three miles away and said you you need to come over here really and we went over there thank you carlene we just kind of eased our way out of the pack and didn't go running. And we got there, and there was 30 feet thick of herring on the bottom, blue fins everywhere, whales, you know, seals, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And from that day for the next two and a half weeks, it was lights out as fast as you could get a bait in the water fishing. But three miles away was like a completely different world. Now, yeah. this is a place in all of the time that I've spent fishing there that we've never fished and it's only three miles away. You've never so fished a spot and then just went gangbusters. There's a hundred spots like that in St. George's Bay mm-hmm. that are just like that, that we never get to see. So how many fish are there? How many instances are there where those fish are doing that? And we just don't know about it because we're not there. Right. There's just not enough people fishing. You can't be in two places at once. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's interesting to, you know, think back and, and say what really happened. We don't know. but What my, are some of the conflicting theories? Um, conflicting theories would I be... I mean, we like everything down to climate change? To, no, I, I, mean, I think what? a lot of it, they said uh, the bait didn't show up. Okay. Which... Well, what about when the boats come and they put the nets out? Were the, was, that were, does, were they I, showing up then? Well, that would attract them more than anything. Yeah. That's and, such an epic experience seeing that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, who knows if who knows if the commercial I can't wait to go. When they're bait when the the herring boats are out there. Yeah. And the, but I mean they're pulling the nets and doing it, the bluefin are rolling around the boats that it's literally it is like spinning the boats just like in motion. Because mm-hmm. they're all just like rolling right next to it. It's the a tail pretty, wash. There's so many fish that, tail wash that it's spinning your boat. Really? It's, yeah. it's pretty neat to ha- see that experience. Yeah. Well, come September. <laughs> You're going to have to get in the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get you up, we'll, yeah get you're going to get a full suit. Yeah, we'll get you up close with a great white and get some good <laughs> some good colors in your head for painting. I They're white. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I got the color down yeah. on those. I'm okay. The bluefin, on the other hand. Well, they're right there together. But yeah. Are they? Yeah. Just yeah. roll the dice. Sounds like a hoot. All I can say is go. <laughs> just, just roll the dice. Better you than me. What's that? I say go. Don't don't let something come up. Take the opportunity. No, I'm going. It's no, an yeah. epic experience. I'm going. Sure. I was supposed to go in 2020, and then obviously no one was allowed to go there. And then um, then we're like, all right, well, we'll do it in 2021. And then we just so much going on here with the expansion of the of the the business it was just i couldn't afford to leave yeah at all so but this year i'm making it a point in fact if i don't go this year i'm never going to hear the end of it from harris because he's write it down now so it's in the planner yeah i tell people it's something that everyone needs to see before they die because it it really is a a special place Mm -hmm. and a special fishery and it's you know every year i go and i just i cross my fingers and i i just I say, just just be there, you know, yeah. because the fish will determine that fishery what goes on. Yeah, I just I just want to see the people. One of those, I just yeah, I heard the people everything. Are, it's are just incredible the whole up there. environment. Yeah. I want to bring the whole family. Very scenic. Yeah, uh, I just want to see one of those one of those big Volkswagens. <laughs> 
like rolling just besides the boat. It'd be for me to you in the water. Yeah, come right by you. That's 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 it. I just want to see yeah. that. I just love the beauty and the majesty of those fish. I yep. mean, just awesome. And you'll see the color differences. Yeah, you know, you'll see a mount of a bluefin does no justice because they change color based on mood. Mm-hmm. Where you'll see certain shades of blue transmit through the black on their back and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like it's, my kids. I think it's a communication thing. <laughs> I was just saying, imagine if women did that. I'm just thinking the shades that oh, would just kind of go over. <laughs> oh, they do. It's more of a red, though. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I mean, what does that fishery do? I mean, actually, let me rephrase this. So, Moy's big game. Mm-hmm. All right, you're all over the place. Um, you're down in Costa Rica. You're all over the world fishing, right? Yep. Um, you're all over the world hunting. Yep. Um, over the country, especially, uh, you just got back from Texas. I did. And you texted me a picture, um, which let me see if I can bring it up. We don't, we're not rolling the photos here on the show, but, um, I'm going to bring it up and you, you texted me a picture of a good haul that you had on this last trip. Um, that was, you know, absolutely incredible right there. Um, it's the meat lock. It's, it's the, the meat midnight meat train. <laughs> um, take me through some of that experience as to like, I mean, you hunt all over the world, but specifically with the whole Moy's big game aspect of the brand that's being built right now um, and some of the experiences that can be had through that brand. Um, take me through some of the things that beyond lures that you're branching out to. So I think eventually... <clears throat> the ultimate goal is to, to have a lifestyle brand, mm-hmm. you know, where everything that I like to do, we want to incorporate into the brand, you know, not just fishing, not just lures, but every type of offshore fishing, um, hunting, you know, maybe even get into some, um, outfitting, mm-hmm. you know, where we, where we can book hunts and recommend places to hunt. Instead of instead of just opening, you know, getting online and, and saying, hey, let me just find a hunting place. Yep. You can go somewhere that we've already been. So you're going to trust it a little more. Yeah. It's like Canada. A lot of people won't go there if they don't know who they're fishing with. Right. And the guys that I fish with are, they're the best in the business. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they have great tackle, great boat. Um, they go over and beyond if we have to leave at four in the morning, we leave at four in the morning. If the moon's full, we fish in the dark. There's, you know, all these little things where some of the other guys won't do that. Yeah. I always say that there's, when it becomes, when there's a huge difference between good and bad and a very, very small fractional difference between good and great. Yeah. And that that fractional difference is is the details. We went through that at length on the last podcast. We have Rob Fordyce in here, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to reiterate that again because here it is, you again, kind of insinuating the same concept, and it's so true. It's all the little things that make up the big thing. Um, we had a guy, Tiny's, one of Tiny's friends, and uh, there were a couple of cancellations, and. This guy wanted to harvest fish, actually wanted to harvest two fish. And the way it turned out was that both of these cancellations were going to harvest fish. Mm-hmm. And so you got tags. Two, all ready two to tags. Go. Yeah. And within a 24 hour period, this gentleman flew there with his family. And I knew that we had a very, very short weather window. Mm-hmm. And he brought his two sons. They wanted to catch a bluefin. And uh, we left the dock at 4.30 in the afternoon. We were fishing 10 miles away, so it was 5.30. At 5.33, we hooked our first fish. And at 6.30, we were on our way home with it. And the next morning, I said, you guys need to be at the boat. So <laughs> we were getting a text you, message You guys you need to be one. at the boat at 5? Yeah. And we got there at six, and at six oh three, we had the second fish on, mm-hmm. and his son caught it, and that was it. His trip was made, and and he, he's a guy that likes that 
gratification. And I wouldn't even say it's about the gratification. He's a very successful businessman. And he he was very impressed with the way that everything happened the way that I said it was going to happen. Right. Yeah. We delivered. On, we had on, a short yeah. weather window. We need to go now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get this done, but it's going to be fast. It's going to be back to back, and we're going to go do it. And that's what happened. You know, it also speaks to the importance of listening to, listening to the guy that knows what he's talking about, mm-hmm. right? Which I don't think enough people do. No. You know? I still remember. I still remember. I got a text like that. This whole thing he's like that night of this like huge bluefin. Who put you on him back to back? Yeah, no, sure. yeah, yeah. And, and but basically, I think that was basically like, look what you didn't come to. And then like the next, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, thanks. Because that was the time you yeah. were supposed to be there, right? And then the next morning, like eight in the morning, he texts me again. He goes, "Here's another one." Yeah, yeah. You'll be hurting by the time you leave. <laughs> Good. That's the plan. I need to be hurting. Mm-hmm. With the hunting excursions and, and big game and the brand and everything like that. We're, I'm, I'm real excited about that. Um, what I wanted to bring up about that was you talked about, um, you know, when, you know, you're going to talk to someone and you're going to trust them and because they've been there before, they've done this before and they and they know all about it. And, you know, you got to trust the expertise and it's like a one-stop shop almost, right? Right. And we we have that kind of same theory too. It's like when you come to Connected, it's like you're going to come, you're going to one-stop shop. We already got, you don't want that, you want this. You don't want that, mm-hmm. you want this. We're going to go in this direction and this is exactly what you want. And that's the kind of business I think that you need to kind of gravitate towards when you're doing anything in a specialized way. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm happy that you guys are expanding. Yeah you know, the venture in that respect. Well, you know, it's, it's, um, it, you get what you pay for. That's, mm-hmm. I use that a lot. Um, you can go with somebody that's less money or makes a product that's a little less, but that's what you're going to get. Right. It doesn't matter what you buy. Yeah. We all know that. Mm-hmm. You can buy it once or you can keep buying it. I'd rather buy it once, mm-hmm. you know? And then if you, if you can show somebody an experience of their lifetime. Those are your best customers and that's your best advertisement because every person they tell, they can tell with confidence, this is who you need to go with. Mm-hmm. And it goes forever. I mean, it really does go forever. Right. I had two phone calls this week. People asking me, um, I want to go to Miami and go sail fishing in February. Who do I call? Right. I give them two numbers. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, David, and Ray Rocher. That's it. Those are the two numbers I give them. Yeah. And there's other guys that are great. Yeah, those are the Miami numbers, though. But yeah. I grew up with Jimmy. Right. And I know Ray very well. So those are the guys. I've fished with both of them. So that I can honestly say that these are the guys you want to fish with. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, Jimmy David's captain in for Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And um, we were up there at the Atlantic City Tournament. And... Michael Jordan comes and brings in, you know, at the time when they waited, it was the leading white right. for, for for the Atlantic City Jimmy Johnson tournament. And um, there's that's a picture right there at the weigh-in, right? And I said, goat doing goat things. And then I think it was Eric Leach that, that said, uh, yeah, there's the goat and then there's Michael Jordan. And I was like, and I basically, <laughs> and I basically responded, yeah, what do you think I was saying? That's funny. Yeah. So that was my intention on the photo. That's but, funny. Yeah. But that's good stuff. Yeah. Hey. You're on your way down to Costa Rica now next week. I am. I'm going to go fish the first leg of the How trip, many times did you fish that tournament? You used to live there. I did. Right. Uh, fish that tournament. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. A bunch. Who'd you, who are you fishing with on fishing with a boat called the Ohana? Okay, it's a new '68 Viking. Nice, uh, Captain John Legrone. Okay, another guy. Mm-hmm. Been in Costa Rica forever. You know, we have a a lot of the same mindset. I think that's right. why we get along so well. Okay, um, great team, great anglers, great guys in the cockpit. So, if the fish bite, I I think we'll do pretty well. So you got, listen, just to put everything into perspective a little bit, right? You know, we've had you on the show. We talked about, you know, your child and your upbringing and everything like that, jumping in the water, catching fish with their hands Mm -hmm. and 
the whole thing, right? And, you know, how it all kind of starts from moments like that. Um, and, you know, you don't really understand, like, moments like that define you later in life. You know, the things you do as a child do carry over into your adulthood and, you know, formulate, you know, who you are. Um, you've been all over the world. You've accomplished so many things. You really have. Um, you got your business, which is doing very well. It's mm-hmm. going to be doing even better, you know, as as time moves forward. Hopefully. You know, it will. It Hopefully. will. No, it will, and you'll be fine. Um, you know, I always want to know from a dude that's on your level, like, what's your end game? Like, because you're still so young. You talk, you joke about being an old man, but you're not. Pretty old. No, stop it. <laughs> stop it, Andy. Pretty old. Still got a long way to go, man. No, oh, I know. Right? So, like, like, what, what, what's out there that? What do you mean? Like you, for, what, what, what's the gold ring you haven't reached yet? For accomplishments, just, you mean? Just, just like life, man. What, like, what's that? You know, what they say, the funny thing is about the gold ring is like, just before you're always about to grab it. Fought. Like the Matrix, the new Matrix movie, they were talking about that, right? But it's like, what's there for you that that you're looking that that what's your white whale? I guess the I think the white whale. What do you mean? Like, a, if I had one thing that maybe I don't would, even know what I'm asking. Know. I'm just I'm just like kind of like <laughs> so. Like, what? All right. What are you gonna say? Over What's there? up? Well, we got we got some cheeky <laughs> stuff going on behind the bar. She's, she's holding smiling. It, she's holding it back. Speak. I'll let, them, I'll let him answer. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as as far as as fishing goes, like am, am I am I stating this correctly? Am I like not really like I'm not no, articulating. You're perfect. Am I'm I, just right. waiting for the answer. All right, go ahead. Um. Sorry, man. I'm I'm getting underneath you. Today. As far as fishing goes, I would say the white whale would be to catch a two thousand pound blue marlin, or all right to catch a. You want the record to catch a fifteen or sixteen hundred pound bluefin? Mm-hmm. You know, which so the search yeah, keeps you going. A, it's a search, of course. There's always something bigger. You know. Mm-hmm. And I had a, an instance of several years ago where we caught a bluefin in Canada that I know for a fact was right at or bigger than the all tackle record. And the fact that it was caught on IGFA tackle legally, it probably would have beat the record. But under the conditions, the boat wasn't hailed out to harvest the fish, so fish had to be released. It was harvested the next day, wasn't it? No. Was that not the... No. And I, I... You'll never see a fish like that ever again in your life, you know? So there's that thing haunts me. Yeah, but wouldn't, I, I wouldn't think you about rather it all just time. go to jail? <laughs> Listen. Is that the one I caught up there? No, you know? no. Was I, 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 wasn't there one? Carl Anderson no. was talking about some big-ass Volkswagen fish that danced under the boat. Was that... Can you elaborate on that, Carlene? The one that we caught was a 13-year-old kid caught it. And, Wasn't uh, there a bigger one, though, that, that you just saw? I've I, maybe I'm thinking of I a different a story. She caught some up. really big ones, some definite 1,200-pounders, you know? This thing was 1,400-plus. It didn't even look real. I mean, very <laughs> rarely do I take a picture of one with my phone. Right. And... I stood up on the covering board. Except for the videos a, that you send me and say, look what I'm doing. And yeah, you're not. but I mean, I wanted a picture <laughs> of this thing because I knew that we were going to release it. Right. And it was, I don't even know how you explain it. It was just bigger than anything I've ever seen there. What would happen if you kept it? Um, well, they're very strict on their fisheries rules in Canada. Got so that. if you would have kept it and something happened where you got caught you you'd never be able to tuna fish again the boat would lose its license all right that's not worth it you'd be fined a bunch of money can you take it and then just drive to iceland <laughs> <laughs> newfoundland here i come right <laughs> i mean it was just one of those 
it was just one of those times where you know you really you you think about how big a fish are swimming around out there you don't know yeah you just don't know that's got to be a pretty big fish to see something like that oh the ones we saw it was i mean they were, were, they that's were what huge. i'm saying that's why i want to get out there I just this want to see the size it was the lengthwise was the same but it was so fat big mm-hmm. around it almost looked fake you know I said it looked like someone pumped it full of air. It's, I mean, it was just like like baby Huey, you know. It's just this giant thing. Huey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was is, huge. Is he skirting the question a little bit? You just speak your mind, girl. <laughs> Not on this one. What? She she's gonna talk about kids and oh, stuff. No, but she's gonna talk about, about shit. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna start putting like, the like, more sorry, rum I I'm drink, the more lure. So I'm gonna start. <laughs> yeah, I'm on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, All right. So, fishing wise, you answer the question. Hunting wise. So, I don't really have any big goals hunting wise i'm not the guy that's looking for you know transverse wrecks if it happens it happens right to me it's more about the experience and you know like this past week i got more enjoyment out of taking a good friend of mine and letting him experience that mm-hmm. and being the guide with him you know i like that i like watching other people get enjoyment from things that I've already seen. You you become complacent with certain things. Okay. And to see somebody really get excited, it it brings you back to reality to think don't be so complacent. Dude, that's how I feel about painting sometimes. Yeah. I mean that. Like a lot of times like I've been painting my whole life since I was the baby kid. You know what I mean? Mhm. And yeah, this that's just part of my life. Yeah. You know, and I've always done it forever. You know, and then I look at the sword behind you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, well, I look at it like I have things to do. Right. You know, because I do it professionally now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to put the squid in there and that's going to take me how long? And I got to get it done by the end of February. And, you know, that's kind of like how I'm looking at it now. But yeah. then when someone comes in that maybe has never met me before, or maybe you're doing things like that, like, oh my God, that's so great. And, you know, and I'm like, Okay, that kind of grounds me a little bit. Like, all right, cool. You know, I'm glad that you know that brings out enjoyment for for that person like that, and and excitement and, yeah. and the whole thing. And it kind of bring, starts bringing excitement back for me. So that's probably the best way I can explain compliments. Yeah, um, is because it's not about you rising your ego or you know, like you know, but it's more like a, a rejuvenation yeah. of of like, wow, that's okay. You know, then all right, that's great because that that makes me happy now sure. that, that that I was able to do that and and get that out of that person and yeah. and and then there you go, you know. I and, caught myself one day <clears throat> letting a fish go, and the guy goes, "Man, it was a really big one." I'm like, "Yeah, it was like seven fifty. It's it's a baby, you know." <laughs> and the guy's like, "That's the biggest fish I've ever caught in my life," and I'm thinking, "What mm-hmm. a dumbass thing to say to somebody," you know. I, and I go, you really need to not do that anymore. Yeah. You know, because it, it's a huge deal. It's not small, number one. 750 is not small. And yeah. it's the biggest fish this guy's ever seen in his life, and it made his whole trip, and now I'm I'm bringing it down a notch because I'm saying that. Yeah. So you really – but it also at the same time makes me realize, you know, don't be so complacent really yeah. appreciate every single thing that happens because it's there for a reason you know 100%. don't 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 take it for granted 100 percent. yeah um, so. yeah uh you know i'm glad you mentioned that because you know it, especially like this has been a weird year um you know weird beer for for me and carlene we both lost one of our parents this year and it's been you know it's been a refocus kind of time mm-hmm. um so a lot of different strange thoughts go through your head like that and one of the things that really pisses me off a lot a lot is when you're on a boat with someone or you're in a situation any it could be other situations too but i'm just going to talk about boat situation for now with a dude that's got a high ego 
been there, done that, doing it for a living or whatever, or maybe I do this a lot more than you do and, and that kind of, and they take that attitude right. into it. And it's like, man, yeah, you don't know my path. You right. know, you don't know, like if you look at me now, right? Yeah. How many times do I fish a year? A fraction compared to how much I used to fish. Right. Just because of my life situation. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, if I were to ever get on a boat with a dude that maybe has not been fishing as long as I have, but has been doing a, a lot more lately. Right. And all of a sudden, ego rise. It's like, man, that that's a turnoff, man. Yep. Like, you're just a dick. Yep. I'm sorry. There's no other way to put it. Don't be you a know? dick. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of that. And I'm like, oh, dick. <laughs> no, I've been called worse. But there's a lot of <laughs> that. I've called you worse. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. There's a lot of that in fishing a lot of it there are guys that that and that's that's the number one reason why we end the show saying your ego is not your amigo right because i want to extinguish that they think that because they caught a fish once that they're god's gift to the fishing world mm-hmm. and i don't care the guys that have been there and done it don't boast and talk and walk right. around the dock and, and treat people like shit they don't yeah. do that they don't have to they don't have to yeah you know if I have to explain to you how good I am, I'm probably not that good. Right. Because if I am that good, you already know. And, you know, that's a... Uh, I always wanted to write an article about ego. Yeah. And it's not just fishing. It's it's in yachting. It's in this. It's in that. But since that's where I am, fishing, th- there's a lot of ego. Tons. It's unbelievable. Tons, tons, tons. Unbe- Listen, one of my... And it's such a fun thing to do. One of my greatest friends and one of the people that I've looked up to since I was a kid, Cookie Murray. One of the, probably the best fishermen that I've ever come across. You know, That's the one with the with the, the sushi print that we gave, right? With yeah. The Jap- you, yeah, know, yeah. you know yeah, what yeah. Cookie right. says? It's just fishing. Yeah. Says that all the time. It's just fishing. When people go, oh, well, you know, we went out today and we did this and we did that and we blah, 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 blah. He goes, it's just fishing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. See, it's like you can be excited about a fish you caught because I was like super stoked about a few of them. And then it was like, is she being a dick or is she just excited about and she can't wait to tell somebody? You know, yeah. you got to kind of figure out. Maybe it's it. a delivery. I don't know. Yeah. but it's- and, and when I say that, that he's saying it's just fishing, he means don't get too crazy about it. You know what I mean? Don't mm-hmm. outthink yourself. Right. Don't Don't try to be someone you're not yeah you know you could walk by him if you didn't know him you'd never know he was a fisherman yeah when he's out on the water everyone's afraid dude some of the most favorite afraid favorite fish that i've caught are like because of who i was with Mm -hmm. and like i've been on boats where we just caught some massive fish but like the mates are like all right systematic Let's go mm-hmm. in the hole. All right. All right. Cool. Yep. This was what's expected. This is what we're supposed to do today. Yep. You know what I mean? And then I've caught like 25 pound dolphin with my best buddies on a booze beard booze trip. Right. And that was the best freaking fish because yeah. we were hanging out. We were having a good time. That's right. And we converted on a 25 pound dolphin. That's it's right. about the experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. An, it's And that's what it's all about, man. Yep. I mean, that's what Connected by Water is. I sure. mean, the whole thing, it's all about community. It's all about enjoying the passion and who you're with and the whole kit and the whole caboodle, man. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's refocusing. And, and you know, I mean, we're coming up on, you know, or we're coming up. On, we're, we're, we're in the midpoint of our lives right now, Andy. Right? Yeah. And it's like this is the time to look at stuff like that. Yeah. And this is the time to say, okay, that's who I was, and this is who I am. Where am I going from here? Right. And I'm not trying to bring a downer into the conversation, but no. that's just the realistic a- aspect of it. It's like, okay. And this maybe plays on to the to the questions that I asked you earlier about what's the what's the end game? What's the white whale? I, you know, it's like, well, why do don't set yourself up for failure yeah. by saying if I don't get that, then my life was no, a failure, not at all. You know? 
no, I don't, I don't look at it that way, but when opportunity comes, you have to be ready for it. You know, there's always the saying, you know, I'd rather be lucky than good. I hear people say that all the time, but preparation meets opportunity, my friend, you better be good when you get lucky. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's that's why you put your 10,000 hours in. That's right. So it's it's like when high school football, right? My high school football coach used to say this. It's like, this is why we practice Mm -hmm. is because when it comes game time, I was a defensive back. When it comes game time and you want to read the quarterback or you want to read and it's 30 seconds left in the game, you don't want to think about your technique. You don't want to think about whether or not ball – ball catch it am i going to catch it and then no you just you react right don't think react should be respond second, second that's nature. it that's it second ball nature second exactly nature. yeah that's right because by the time you think it's too late yeah and that is a life skill too yeah you know when you when words come out of your mouth or when and when to or when not yeah. to give a hug yeah you know what i mean that's a life skill and but it's you gotta Take your failures as much as your successes and sure. anything and, and, and bring them. Yeah. I always say, um, like, especially in the fishing game, very rarely did somebody come in from somewhere else and say, hey, I'm just going to jump on a fishing boat, become a sport fisherman, mm-hmm. and, and succeed and really make something. Most of the guys that end up being the best of the best have been around it their whole life not all and i always said you either have it or you don't there's some guys that do and some guys that don't you could take a guy and put him in 20 different situations and he'll exceed there's guys that you're gonna have to hold their hand and show them what to do or they'll wait around to to show initiative to jump in there and do something. And then you have those guys that just, they Mm -hmm. don't, they're not going to ask you, Hey, do you want me to help him? They automatically just get in there and do it. They see it and they respond to it. Those are the guys you want. Right. Because they don't think about it. They just do it. They know it needs to be done. They do. Yeah. I, every, every episode I try to draw parallels between art and fishing because fishing is an art. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, it's all kind of very similar. Yep. Um, and I can speak to this as an artist and, and, and a fisherman. So I, I see it all the time and it's just uncanny to me. Um, that's probably the best analysis yeah. of, of the day uh, for that point. Mm-hmm. Um, because even with art, you have it or you don't. Or right. You can go to art school all you want. Yeah, but you if you don't have that foundation, then nope. you're, not, you're not worth a lick in the art world. Not saying you can't learn it, but ultimately there has to be s- some core thing inside of you Mm -hmm. in order to be the best at that for sure yep for sure for sure um my end game because i'm thinking about it now my end game's retirement at 60 but what (laughs) <laughs> see I'm trying to be so good back here I'm, I'm reading the book so I'm reading a book <laughs> um, right now um, it's about Monet okay um, and I'm, uh, I'm going to bring my soft side to this right so I'm reading a Monet book and it is a summation of his life on the path to the water lilies and a lot of people don't understand that Monet painted the water lilies when he was like in his eighties, mm-hmm. right? This is not something he did when he was me now, right? When he was me now, he was doing his impressionistic thing and with the impressionist, other impressionistic guys and trying to move, move, push that movement forward. Right. But by the time he was 80 and he had his wives and he's had his kids and he's had his tragedies in his life. And, you know, there were still unanswered questions for him and life is long and it's only given to a privileged amount of people mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to get to that age. Um, and he ended up creating his best work in, in, in that period of time and what drove him to do that in poor health um, in, in, you know, 
taking care of his gardens and, and, and living in Giverny, France. And, you know, my end game for me is to still have that drive at that age mm-hmm. to be able to create my best work. Yeah. That's my end game. What sure. that is, I don't know. If I knew what it was, I'd do it right yeah. now. You know? But that's, that's I think, it for me. I just want to be able to leave some kind of mark yeah, on the planet or the industry in a good way. You know? Uh, like 60 years from now, 70 years from now, people look back and go, that guy really did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not a half-assed anything. And that's it's not an easy thing to do because there are so many other people looking for that same thing. You know, but if you're good at it and you stick with it, there's no reason why you can't be that person, you know. And that, uh, that doesn't define. That's, that's th- good, though. This that's should good. not ever define somebody. That doesn't define who you are. It's yeah. the person that you are that created that. And where did your thinking come from, and why is is the mark you want to leave? You know, because it inspires the next generation, and you're teaching them, and they're they're learning things. Some of these kids now they had no clue about what we were doing 20 years ago because mm-hmm. they weren't born yet. Right. You know, they know today, but as things change and maybe retro and come back around, now they're looking at the older guys going, well, hey, how did you guys do this or how did you do that? Whispers on the drops of time. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, they always say that, like, you don't ever, um, a person doesn't ever truly die until their name is spoken for the last time. Yep. You know, and, and, and I think that's really what legacy is all about mm-hmm. so like musicians tit you know tit they're they're most popular once they're gone yeah and uh if you're good if you're good you'll your music will never die mm-hmm. you know you have the bob marley's and the sammy hagar's and the <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say eddie van halen but um Wrong oh, jesus christ carlene does it again at the end of an episode with a zinger Sammy Hagar? Is he dead yet? Is it Eddie? No, no. Is he, <laughs> Eddie Van Halen died. Uh, the Polish came out of me. She's what do you Polish. want from me? <laughs> the, I mean, the, they, pregnant, the pregnancy Polish They make pasta stuff I with potatoes. I was just about to say Mozart. <laughs> Mozart was just about to come out of my mouth. And Sammy Hagar popped out of hers. I love it. No, Sammy is not dead yet. <laughs> it just came across Facebook. Hold on, guys. He actually looks pretty good. No, he looks great. He's got his his tequila. Cabo Wabo. Yeah. You know how they got yeah. that name, right? <laughs> no. Before he had any of that stuff, he had a house in Cabo. And he and his friend went out and they got drunk one night. And his friend left while he was waiting for a taxi. And as he's driving home, he sees his friend walking down the dirt road, swerving from left to right. And the cab driver says, your friend's got the Cabo Wabo. Oh, Really? Yeah. That's a good. That's a good. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So I'm going to end this one with a joke. Okay. Speaking because we we got pretty deep and serious there, so I want to make it fun, whatever. So, all right. So, uh, how's the joke go again? <laughs> Yanni, how's it go again? <laughs> um, how does another train know? Or how does it know another train's coming? How does it hear him? <laughs> He uses his engineers. Oh, <laughs> your ego. That's pretty bad. Is not your amigo. Andy Moyes, how did they get in touch with you to get one of your lures? A Moyes at MoysBigGame.com. Mm-hmm. All right. And All the right. site will be up soon. MoysBigGame.com. All right, cool. Check it out. Listen, um, I'm not just saying this because you're my buddy, but this is the truth, and it's not just me. Everyone says this. This is the best damn lures on the planet. So thank um, you. We it, try, and, and and it's um, been well documented. So it's not just me saying that based upon opinion. I'm regurgitating facts. So, all right. Yes, sir. Your ego's not your amigo. Always do your best. And at the end of the day, I let God do the rest. I want to remind you that if you're in the market for a new truck. Um, to call our buddies over there at Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. They'll hook you up. Contact Dean. 
You've got a good deal if you say that Connected by Water told you to call them. And if you're thirsty, you should be. I know you are, right? Wrestle up yourself a bottle of new Papa's Pilar rum. Check out the Legacy, right, which is their new limited edition bottle of rum. Um, it is delightful and delicious. We were drinking the Seri cast today because that is just my favorite. It's good. Um, it's very good. Um, so cool. And also, if you're in the market for a new boat, uh, which I know a lot of you listening to the show probably are. Um, why don't you give our buddies over there at CV a call, um, you know, and get in line because everyone wants a CV. And if you want one soon or anytime soon, you better order one now because they're coming off the line hot. Um, but there's a lot of people on that line. So, um, cool. All right. You good? Yes, sir. All right. No matter where we are. No matter what we're doing, do not ever forget, we are all connected by water. Thanks, Andy. You got it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bro. Take, yeah. Handshake, bro. Handshake. Uh, Carlene. <laughs> Bye. See ya. <laughs>